Well, welcome back to the Highway Community Podcast for the first time in 2021. Like wherever you're tuning in from, we are so glad to have you with us. And it's just worth saying again, right here at the start, that we believe that the journey of life and faith is a road that's meant to be traveled together. And as this season where there's this almost gravitational pull in the opposite direction, I want to encourage you as wholeheartedly as I can to not do this alone. If highway doesn't feel like home for you yet, or if maybe that's been more challenging in this season, or look, if you're connecting with us from somewhere else and don't have a church home, please connect with us. We'd love to help you navigate where to start. And the best way to do that is to visit our website, highway.org, and click Get Connected on the top right of the homepage. Now, that'll connect you to one of our staff, and we'll follow up with you shortly. Look, in all sincerity, this is the stuff we love to do. We'd love to connect with you. Well, here we are. It's the new year. We made it, everyone. Congratulations. Uh, This is a time, the new year, where so many of us are used to coming back and doing some life evaluation, you know, maybe setting some goals for the coming year, doing some reflection on the year before. And man, and what a year to reflect on. I made the joke many times last January about having clarity for the coming year, about having 2020 vision. Yes, it's still as bad a joke now as it was then. And wow, did that turn out differently than I thought it would. It's hard to think of an area of life that the events of last year, the pandemic, the shutdowns, The unrest, the exposed injustices, the economic impact, the events, the birthdays, the holidays, the weddings that had to be missed or reimagined, and then the latent relational toll that all of those things combined had. It's hard to think of an area of life that last year didn't touch. It didn't shake up, didn't destabilize in some way. And, And there's some real good that has come from that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But there's been plenty that's been hard, too. And so what do we do with the new year? Uh, What does it look like to enter into 2021? To turn the page, to reset into a future that still, in a lot of ways, is uncertain. Uh, January 1st didn't just automatically fix everything. I, I think when so much has been untethered for us, has been shaken up, has been destabilized. It's so important to come back to what roots us, to come back to what's foundational for us that doesn't change no matter what the present holds or what the future brings. And there's this prayer that the Apostle Paul prays in the middle of a letter to the church in Ephesus that gets right at this. Uh, We are not the first people in history uh, trying to figure things out. And Paul prays that they would be rooted. And when they're rooted, that they'd be able to see just how big God's love and work in the world really is. And that they wouldn't just know it in their minds, but experience it with their lives. The fullness of life that God came to bring. And Paul writes this prayer in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. He says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that's what we want to explore in the coming weeks, what it means to be rooted and established in love in a way that opens our whole selves up to the reality, to the size, the magnitude of God's love so that we can see it and not just know it with our minds, but live it with our lives to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and to see how that leads us to see where that leads us in what it means to love and in how we think about our identity and where we place our hope and trust, to see how that leads us into humility, to see how that leads us to a vision for God's work in the world that's so much bigger than us, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ goes. Like This is the 2021 vision that we need. And Paul says it starts with being rooted and established in love. So we've got to get first things first. We've been pandemic rewatching all of the seasons of the Great British Baking Show. Uh, And one of the things you start to see is that there are a common set of mistakes contestants usually make. And they all seem pretty understandable. Uh, But the one that always gets me is when they forget to turn the oven on. And sometimes it only causes a slight delay. But other times people leave their unbaked food in a cold oven only to find out when it's too late. The reactions are awesome. The hosts hassle them so good. And they do things like at the top of their next recipe, right, in all capital letters, turn the oven on. As you see, they've got to get first things first. And this is what Paul's getting at here. There's intentionality in the structure and in the order of these verses. Uh, Let's look back again at Ephesians 3, starting in verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We've got to get first things first, to be rooted and established in love, because it's from that place that a truly God-sized vision and a truly God-shaped way to see the world and to see ourselves starts to emerge. Let's see, to see how wide and how long and how deep and how high Christ's love goes, we've got to get first things first. And I think sometimes we get things out of order. Uh, We want to see the vision or for God to fill us with this life and peace that we really want first instead. And we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. But what I love about what Paul writes here is that that's not how it works that there's something foundational about having our lives rooted and established in love that unlocks something in us 
to see and know just how far Christ's love goes and to not just know it with our minds, but experience the fullness of that love with our whole lives. Like we have to get first things first to start with being rooted and established in love. So how do we do that? What does it mean to be rooted in love? What does it mean to be established in love? What's Paul getting at with these words? Uh, Let's talk first about what it means to be rooted. Uh, I don't know what your work from home setup is, uh, but mine's basically a bunch of books stacked on top of my dresser to make a makeshift standing desk. It actually works really well. And one of the things I love about it is that I'm right in front of our window that looks out onto the front yard and street which is very useful, by the way, for keeping tabs on the neighborhood uh, and knowing who cleans up after their dog and who doesn't, uh, but then having the opportunity to walk in forgiveness of those who don't. Uh, right out front of the window, though, in our, in our front yard is a giant magnolia tree with roots that go everywhere. It's a big tree, and it needs a lot of nutrients and water to be able to survive. And so it's got this massive root system that digs down deep to make sure the tree gets what it needs. And as we talk about what it means to be rooted, that's such a great image. See, to put first things first, to be rooted in love means that God's love is our source of life. It's what we're rooted in. It's what we turn to for the nourishment that our souls need. And see, here's what I want to pose to us today. Here's what I want us to consider. That our lives are rooted in something. Whether we are conscious of it all the time or not, that we're trying to pull nourishment for our souls from somewhere to find life in something. You know, it would be so much easier if God's love was the only option to be rooted in. Uh, As you know, though, it doesn't work that way. We've got so many options to try to find that life, that soul nourishment in. The approval of our families, successful career, a certain future for our kids, a comfortable life, a vision of the life we always wanted the affirmation of others, being perceived in a certain way, just to name a few. And depending on what our family upbringing was like or what our cultural background is, what season of life we're in, those options can shift and which ones feel more powerful to us at the time. God's love isn't the only option to root our lives in. And whether we're aware of it or not, We are rooted in something, trying to pull life from somewhere. I love how Jesus frames this in John chapter 15. This is that famous passage about the vine and the branches. But if you've got a copy of the scriptures with you, and that copy is one that you can write on or circle or underline in, look at John 15 verse 1 and circle that first phrase. It's got such an important word in it. See, before Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches in verse 5, he says, I am the true vine in verse 1. There are other vines out there. And so Jesus's invitation to abide in me, to remain in me, isn't spoken into a void of no other options, but into the noise and the clamor of the other things that promise us life of the other things that call out to us to root our lives in them. And even though that may work for a little while, 
it really ends well. It certainly doesn't lead us towards the life that God created us to live. It's why Jesus says, starting in verse 4, Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's get first things first. Be rooted in Christ's love in this way. And this word that gets translated here as either remain or abide is a really great way for us to think about what it means to be rooted. It's a physical word. It's a verb. It's an action, but it's one that's ongoing. It's not a one-time choice, but something to continually choose into. And really what it means is keep staying here. Keep making your home here. To be rooted in love is to continually make God's love the home of our lives. To keep finding our home in the true vine. And can I just tell you, the image that I keep seeing over and over in my mind is this plant that's trying to put its roots in different places. To be rooted in and to try to pull from more than one thing. I think for many of us, being rooted in love is in a total transition. I I think many of us are already plugged in there in some way. I think what's ahead for us is learning to identify the other places we're trying to root ourselves also. The other things that we are trying to pull life and soul nourishment from too. And when I think about all the other things that we can root our lives in and really why it is that those can be so tempting because they can be so tempting. I keep coming back to these three false narratives about ourselves that are so easy to buy into. It's almost like they're our default mode. They're so baked into the world, especially where we live that they actually become a part of us unless I think we consciously choose otherwise. These are the narratives that say, I am what I do. I am what I have. And I am what others say about me. They, They sit underneath so many of those other things that we try to root our lives in. They fuel those choices, move us in those directions. And look, we'll talk more about this later on in just a couple of weeks. But here's what I want us to start considering today. It's which of these narratives is most powerful in our lives right now? Which one? I am what I do. I am what I have. I am what others say about me. I want us to consider which of those narratives is most powerful in our lives right now. And then to consider the connections. To consider what that narrative might be leading us to root our lives in. To draw, to draw to try to draw life from. 
that all of these live in me to some extent. But the one that feels most powerful right now is I am what others say about me. And that leads me uh, to want to root myself in affirmation or a reflection of myself that I'm looking for from other people. And this year, though, has had more relational strain and conflict, I think, than I've ever experienced before. And I'm a fixer. I want to fix it. And what I've discovered is that I don't like it when people aren't happy with me, in part because I'm not getting the soul nourishment that I'm looking for. And so if I'm not paying attention, I end up on this hamster wheel of what do I need to do? What do I need to say? How do I need to posture myself? Who do I need to be in order to match up with what's wanted or expected of me? And like the more significant a relationship is, the more, rela- the more weight that relationship carries, the deeper this cuts. But it's rooted in a desire to pull something foundational about who I am from somewhere that wasn't meant to carry that weight. To get first things first, we have to be rooted in love. Being rooted means continually finding our home in, drawing our life from our soul, nourishment from God's love alone. Look, Jesus is our true source for that, but there are lots of others out there and they vie for our attention in ways that can be really loud and really powerful. But they start to lose that power when we can begin to see and identify and name their influence in our lives. And then we can put those roots more deeply into the love that God has for us. To get first things first, we've got to be rooted and established in love. Paul uses two words here, rooted and established. Being rooted in love means that God's love is our source of life and nourishment. Being established in love means that God's love is what we build upon. It's our foundation It's that first brick that's put in place. And as we work back through the first two chapters of Ephesians in the coming weeks, we'll come to this word that Paul uses at the end of chapter two, cornerstone. Did anybody else in their mind just go, yes, the word from the song. This is where the song came from. Uh, A cornerstone was crucial to how buildings were built because it was the first one that was placed. And all the other stones were set and aligned in relation to this one. Look, as time has gone on, we've lost the significance of the cornerstone with our subterranean concrete slab foundations and metal pylons that that go way down into the ground. But what it means to be established in love is that Christ's love is the cornerstone of our lives. It's the first thing that's set that everything else lines up to. And this is really where the rubber meets the road for us. A cornerstone is visible. People see it. It became a thing to put inscriptions, even art on them, both to remind everyone that, hey, this is the cornerstone, it's significant, and to declare the purpose of why that building was there. 
See, to be established in love means that Christ's love is the aligning factor for everything in our lives and that it's visible, that it has a visible impact on us, that it's what people see when they see us, that it's the first stone that's placed, that everything else is set in reference to. This is really where the rubber meets the road for us because this gets all the way down into the choices that we make. See, being established in love doesn't just start to affect our choices. It actively shapes them because Christ's love formed in us and expressed in our lives becomes the aligning factor. And that's going to lead us into some new places and out of some old ones. And to say yes to some things that are new And no to some things that may be familiar, but that don't fit anymore because they're not in alignment with the cornerstone. And those moments can be hard. They can require humility. They can certainly require courage. But look, when we are rooted in love, when we're deeply connected to God's love in our lives, when it's our source of soul nourishment, then that love creates the context for the humility and the courage to embrace the new yeses as well as the noes. And to be rooted in love and to let our lives be established in that love too. Uh, so what does this look like? Where do, we, uh, where do we start when we think about how to have our lives more deeply rooted in love or more established in God's love. And look, I, this, this next part's decidedly practical, uh, but I just wanted to share a quick framework with y'all uh, that really helps me uh, know how to get started when things can seem big or open-ended. It's got three steps uh, to be specific, to start small, and then to share with someone. Here's how this looks. Start by being specific. And one way to do that is to actually name and own the desire that's there. Just something about saying it out loud or writing it down uh, that just makes it seem more concrete. Uh, Something like, God, I recognize the need I have to have my life be more deeply rooted in your love. Amongst all the other things out there, I want you to be my source of life. I want your love to be my home. And God, I don't just want that to be an internal thing. I want to build my life on your love, to be established in it, for it to not just be something I experience, but something that I am known by. Be specific, name and own the desire that's there. Say it out loud, write it down. Uh, And look, real talk here, if the desire's not there right now, that's okay. That's actually a great place to start. God, help me want this. Be specific. And then start small. Uh, Look, I tend to be the kind of person that wants to do all the things at once, uh, motivated from a good place, I think. Uh, But what happens is I create too much change for myself too fast. And then when I can't keep up with it, I get discouraged and then wind up back right where I started. So be specific and then start small. What's one thing that can help you stay rooted in God's love? Maybe it's memorizing a passage of scripture to keep close to your heart. Look, keep it short. Don't memorize the whole book of Ephesians. (laughs) Keep it short. One or two verses. 
Maybe it's a simple one or two sentence prayer you start in your day with. Maybe it's some other kind of reminder that you keep close to you. I told you earlier that the false narrative that's really strong for me right now is you are what others say about you. I've got an index card taped to my window. Yes, that window where I look out at the tree in our front yard uh, that says you are seen, known, loved, and cared for. Don't believe the lie that you aren't. What's one thing that can help you stay rooted in God's love? Or what's one thing that can help your life to be established in that love? What's one yes to step towards? Or one no to reevaluate? Be specific, start small, and then share it with someone. Let other folks cheer for you. Let other folks walk with you, pray for you. You don't have to do it alone. And look, you never know how God might use what he's doing in you along the way. And next week, we actually want to try to live into this a little bit to share with you about a process that we've been in to help us be more established in love when it comes to God's heart for racial racial justice for the black community. This last fall, we committed to participate in a national-level movement of churches called Beyond Words, Count Us In, that brings pastors and churches together around core commitments, around shared learning, and accountability to keep moving forward. And we just want to share what our process has been like, the heart behind the journey that we've committed to, and to let you know more about the commitments that we've made and invite you to journey with us in whatever way God is calling you to. Like we'll be doing that both on the podcast next week as well as on the live stream, and I hope you'll join us for that. And there's so much hope and so much life to be found and given when we get first things first, when we're rooted and established in love. It connects us to just how big God's love and work in the world is. It opens us up to be filled in a way that overflows. And I love how Paul closes his prayer in Ephesians 3. As we close our time together, let me pray these words over us. God, I pray that we would be rooted and established in love. And that we may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to you, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to your power that is at work within us, to you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.